1: Or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction.
3: And
0: now, we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Erin Addison's.
1: On American Family Radio. Welcome to the Friday edition of Erin the Addison's. That used to mean something. We used to used to actually have a Friday edition where it was sort of a lighter show. And yeah, yeah.
2: Um, we still do time, It's just it's, not not as often. It
1: did not Yeah, feels I think like we've kind of lost that just a little bit.
2: Well, I think the other audience used to require it. <laughs> to be like, there no, were we more need demands. a Friday. There were more demands
1: <laughs> made of us, and uh, you know those people are just a little bit more frightening. <laughs> just kidding. This is jokes. Friday. I'm just trying to give it to you. It's Man, a Friday. Okay, look. just trying to give it to you. And we, uh, we we
2: would hit hard, so we would have to do a Friday. You know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think there are some
1: people who said that. <laughs> that they wouldn't listen until we brought back Fridays we had to make Fridays great again and uh, and so um after deliberating and and really trying to do that we were able able to
2: mm. to provide yes
1: but um but now and 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 you know I've been thinking about this because we've wanted to have have JD on with us for a while uh things are just different in our area things are different at our headquarters and so um you know I I, I even thought about it this morning there's some things that are happening that are really really cool that and I say cool, uh, only because I'm talking about a ten-year-old. But there are some things that are happening that have been really encouraging to him. And uh, one of those things we talked about uh, maybe a couple days ago. And I would much prefer our audience to hear it directly from him. But uh, I just—it's—it's it's something that is happening right now. It's a current event, and maybe we can double back to it. And you know, I think just hearing from. Um, A younger brother in the Lord is just encouraging to the body of Christ. But, Mm. you know, uh, J.D. has been praying for North Korea. That's been his restricted nation that he's Mm -hmm. been praying for, praying for brothers and sisters there. And uh, and I was talking to him the other day because I saw some news that um, there there's the possibility of some real instability and some different things that could happen uh, in North Korea as a result of uh, Kim Jong-un. kind of missing in action and you know some accounts are saying that you know he's brain dead there are mm. other accounts that are saying you know he's incapacitated in other ways right. and 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 of course you you're talking about such a closed country obviously uh it's difficult to really get the information you know and so i was i was uh, telling jd that he should continue uh praying for believers in North Korea because there are some things that are happening and you don't know which direction those things will go in. And he said, I haven't stopped praying for them. He said, I have a list and and he went down this list and told me mm. of um his prayer points and he said and I pray for this every night before I go to bed.
2: Oh, man. Praise God.
1: <laughs> man, I you know <laughs> such is God. the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean mm-hmm. like you know Our our children, and this is why we go so hard on this show in encouraging parents to protect their children and encouraging specifically the body of Christ to protect and to make sure that we have in the forefront of our minds the proliferation of the gospel, right? That we are getting the gospel intact, that we are um, passing on to our children. and and I don't mean to diminish the impact of this, but a legacy of living before the Lord and what it means to be found in Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's just amazing for me as a mom because I'm talking to my 10 year old mm-hmm. who is also my brother in the faith. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's just really interesting. I mean, you know, yeah, I still have to tell him, Make your bed. Right. You know, pick up your schoolwork off the floor. Uh, did you did you do all your assignments? But at the same time, we we're having a conversation around this. And you could see his face change. and You could see his face light up. And something else that was interesting, I actually let him listen to it. Uh, Will, you tagged me in it on Facebook. But there was a prophecy in 2016 from Kim Clement, the late Kim Clement, yeah, yeah. where he actually prophesied the Lord's judgment on the leader of North Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically saying that the Lord had already decided um that um <laughs> that he would be a vegetable. Now, people can do with that what they want and I know that people have different, you know, doctrinal convictions about whether or not there is still prophecy for today. I just, you know, anyway, uh neither here nor there. I let him listen to that mm-hmm. and he said that's unbelievable. And he said <laughs> that so he was like that's just amazing, you know, but I think it is encouraging and it builds faith um for our children, when we ask them to pray and we invite them to partner with us um, and partner with the Lord, so to speak, in, in prayer and in asking the Lord for his will to be done, that that is powerful and that's effective. And we spent a whole lot of time talking about that last week. And, you know, that just to see a kid's face when when they are praying for things that don't directly affect them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah it's not anything that he personally gets out of this, but it is certainly um, in obedience to the Lord and, and following after the Lord in prayer that he, I mean, to see this, I mean, look, and there are people, many, many, many people who've been praying for many, many, many years for Christians in North Korea specifically. But of course, in other closed uh, countries, I remember um, a a time where we talked so much about the 1040 window. You remember Mm -hmm, that, where we mm -hmm. talked about these closed nations, Mm -hmm. which within this window, And so I think it's just – it's an encouraging and um, strengthening – and I hate to use the word coincidence, but strengthening occurrence. Let me say it that way, that at this moment where, um, spiritually speaking, J.D. has adopted this nation in particular to see these things happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like – well, that's going to diminish the point I'm making, so I'll just stop there. It's just, it's amazing <laughs> that this is happening right now, because I think that for adults and for kids alike, it, it shows the reality of what happens when we are actively involved in prayer, mm. right? That the Lord is actually doing something and things are happening. Amen. So hopefully in time we can get him on to talk about that, the things that he's reading and, and um, how he's encouraged. Uh, you look You look around and you see that, you know, the time doesn't slow down. I can remember trying to um teach the girls the books of the Bible, and uh he was too, mm-hmm. but just picking it up and um you know, <laughs> we only knew what he was saying because of the rhythm and cadence of it, yeah, because right. it didn't sound right. like it at all. and and now now, here we are. he is um interceding on behalf of brothers and sisters in uh, North Korea. And it's just a neat thing. And and I think, you know, I saw a post today. I think our brother Jerry Rayner, who we've had on the program before, um, posted this. And so it came up in my news feed. But uh, it was a, a link that he shared from a woman who said, if I've prepared my kids for Harvard, but not for heaven, then I have failed them.
4: Mm.
1: Amen. <laughs> amen. Super amen. I mean, my goodness, if if we can get our kids ready for all of the things that the culture tells us Um, are important and yet miss the big picture, which is eternity, which is real. Right. Right. Um, You know, and in fact, I think that's in in some of the ways how we are we are actually conditioned to think that those the other things are real. But heaven is a fairy tale. Yeah. Eternity is a is a fairy tale. And so anyway, we have to endeavor to make sure that we're doing the opposite of that. I was if you follow me on Facebook and I use the word follow loosely Um, But if you pay attention to what I post on my Facebook page, I have these uh, spurts of thought where um, I just sort of, you know, riddle my page with uh, a series of thoughts and then I retreat back into my tortoise shell and uh, and and, and then just let it do what it's going to do. And one of my thoughts was on how vitally important it is. And it was just a series of thoughts about, you know, what we do with our children in this country and what the expectations are of. Um, Christian parents versus what the expectations are of just parents in general. Do we have a different, you know, set of rules? Yes, we
2: do.
4: (laughs) we got a mandate from
2: the word of God, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's what applies to us. And, you know, like that's something that, that over the last few, I guess, weeks, months or whatever, I've been thinking about more and more and more, you know, how much focus we put on, on, uh, our children and family and how much we put on other things, you know, yeah. and even for the Christian, it could be politics, you know, how yeah. much focus we put on that. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it, we have a mandate by God to do certain things with our families, with our children, you know, that far outweighs, you know, civilian, other civilian affairs yes. um, in this world. And I think now is the time if we want to reevaluate, we want to kind of take a look at what's more important in our lives This is a good time to to um, to set a a mark and say, okay, this was a a defining moment. I need Mm -hmm. to refocus some things, you know, uh, you know, uh, in in, in my life. And I I think that that should be something that we as Christians, as we go back to, quote, unquote, normal, Mm -hmm. we should. There should be some things that don't go back to normal. Yes. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, And I think one of those things is how we look at what God has given us through uh, uh, our families, you know, and how to, to best nurture what he has, what he has presented before us, man. Because I think now that things are not as busy or as chaotic, you know, we can kind of look and see like, man, there's a lot of value right here, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and a lot more need to be poured into that. So I'm hoping that that's what's happening.
1: You know, to your point here, um, so you and i have for a while had um a conversation that i've been very careful certainly i have not talked about it at length on the radio if i've if i've mentioned it even at all i can't remember we'll find out today um but even among our friends you know i've been very careful to communicate some of the things that have been strong convictions of mine as it pertains pertains to the family because I think what happens in Christian circles and in the Christian community is that we tend to adopt um, an agreed upon expectation of Christians and then just keep circulating that. So we all agree that this is where there is a deficit or maybe we all agree that this is what the family's supposed to look like and this is how it's supposed to all shake out. And then we produce books around that. We host conferences around that. And 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 very few of us and understand what i'm saying here very few of us actually stop and go back to the scriptures and say okay is that accurate have we now developed our our methods and modes of operation based on someone's opinion of the scriptures or have we based it on the scriptures themselves? Mm-hmm. And I think when we actually go back, well, I, I think what we find is that a lot of what shapes hmm, Christian function is expanding on the opinions of others, mm. and that's very dangerous, right? It's 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 building a building um, based on eyeballing it, rather than using an actual straight edge and laying an actual foundation where things are measured, and you go back and you say. You wouldn't trust. You wouldn't trust a contractor to eyeball, you know, mm-hmm. a structure. Mm-hmm. You, you'd say no. You need, <laughs> you, you need a clear straight edge, and you need a line of measure Amen. so that you, you know. And so to that point, one of the things that I'm going to throw out, based on what you just said here, is something that we've talked about for a long time. So when we talk about, there is sort of like a clash between the the quote unquote, and I'm I'm doing quotes because we normalize terms in our culture. Um, there's a clash between the stay-at-home mom, quote-unquote, and the working mom, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> okay, here we go. So <laughs> this is, look, a lot of people might not know this about me, but I have very strong feelings about this topic that I'm about to wade into, hmm. which I probably should just stick to telling you the history behind the Candyland game, which is what I wanted to do <laughs> in the first segment. But here we are, <laughs> okay? A strong opinions about this. And I've watched over the years, um, I've watched the enemy turn sisters against each other in the body of Christ based on what God calls them to do. And I've watched the word of God be used as a whip to get other women in line or to make charges against women. While at the same time, now bear with me, folks, at the same time, there seems to be a sort of but this doesn't apply to dads, mm-hmm. right? <laughs>
2: Uh-oh.
1: Hmm. So what I have been saying very carefully for a number of years is that we have filtered our family structure through an American lens. Mm-hmm. And what we keep trying to do is call people to an American standard of family and also using scripture to support that. Mm. And I think what COVID-19 shutdown has shown a lot of people in this country is that maybe we have truly gotten that wrong. There is a bigger role for dads to play. Mm. All right, let me grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Here's Dr. Al Mohler from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, continually points to the Scriptures. And as he says famously, these are they that testify of me. If you knew Abraham from the Scriptures, you would know me. Jesus himself refused to allow that division between his own authority and the authority of Scripture. He never set Scripture aside. What he did was to make very clear that he perfectly fulfilled Scripture and, of course, he went beyond even the Old Testament law in the Sermon on the Mount saying, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. I will tell you that if you've lusted in your heart, you have already committed adultery. So Jesus Christ himself drives us back to the authority of Scripture. And evidently, that's exactly where he wants his church to be. Visit The AFA Marriage, Family and Life Conference is coming June 25th through the 27th. Experts have lined up to help Christians make a difference in our increasingly wicked culture. Dr. Alex McFarland. There was a day when America was thoroughly predisposed to Christianity. Dr. Michael Brown. The pro-life consciousness in America is much more of a political and social and cultural and spiritual battle here in America in other countries. Bishop E.W. Jackson. We get so used to seeing this perversion that it
1: becomes normal.
0: Will and Mickey Addison. There
1: is a first line defense against sex trafficking, and that would be intact families. That would be fathers being present, showing their daughters healthy affection, defending and protecting them.
0: The Marriage, Family, and Life Conference at Hope Church in Tupelo, June 25th through the 27th, includes a children's track as well. Learn more and register at marriagefamilylife.net. Maybe you can relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. But great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called MediShare and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So yes, they can help share your needs too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. Metashare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
4: I won't complain because I know that he's working it out for my good so I trust him on certain. That's not a problem. My face too big for the Lord. My like I just cast them in to the Lord. To the Lord. So I won't because it could be worse. Could see, could walk and see they in could have been reverse. when he could have just left him, him By the job when I could yeah.
1: Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family <laughs> Radio. It's the Friday edition. Uh, I don't know really what that means except that now we're going in a direction that I didn't plan. I got a few stories <laughs> here, but I, it's, I mean, we just could go with well, it. Let's just go. Um, okay, so I'm Miki.
2: And I'm Will, and that's P. Lo. featuring Jay Carter. I won't <gasps> complain. That's it. Is that yeah, a new project? That's a new single. I, I guess he's working on a project. I got a, a text from him saying, hey, I want to send you this new single uh, for possible airplay. And uh, I like it. I think he's coming out with something. And Pilo Jetson is from Mississippi. He's, down he's from Mississippi. In
1: I, Pilo Jetson is an Addison family favorite.
3: Yeah, we yeah. we
1: tend to like we tend to like his work. Um, I realize though, listen, you know, I'm I'm just getting I don't know how this <laughs> happens. Well, I'm getting old because there was a time like, you know, even I don't know, when we first started having kids, I like to, you know, have the music super loud and
5: roll the windows
1: down and and just you know Mm -hmm. just go out for a drive to nowhere and now I'm with the kids and I still like to have great music but they're like can we roll the windows down I'm kind of (laughs)
3: like I
1: don't know I don't want people to think you know (laughs) turn that riff raff down and then I got to explain no it's Christian no it's lifting up no it's we we love you and I just you know so now I'm just sort of like no you just keep the windows up
5: Mm. I notice
1: I'm quickly turning the radio down <laughs> when I pull into parking spots. Everything's so loud these days, you know. I
5: don't
1: want <laughs> and that's such a change from how I once was. I don't know how it has happened, but um, I've turned into your parents.
2: <laughs> my parents, because <laughs> <laughs> my that's mom funny. is still
1: cool. My mom, <laughs> still... no, I'm ki- I'm just kidding. She's old too. We're all old. Everybody's. We're just up nah, there. She turn and... the
2: station when that when that music come on. I turn it and then. I'll turn only it your back family.
1: <laughs> only your family can really tell you the truth about what they think about what you do um, for a living. <laughs> only your family can do that, OK? Just like yesterday, once we were done with the program, I guess later that evening, I was talking with my sisters who uh, did a, a very uh, New Orleans thing. Yeah, we heard your show.: <laughs> OK? All right. <laughs> and and, it, and it, uh, yeah, we didn't agree with everything. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you're free to do whatever. Every other listener who disagrees, <laughs> I mean, nobody agrees. You know, it's like we didn't, lie, you know. But I was thinking, it's such a um. Your family can do that, right? Your mom can call and say, "I turn the music down, uh, when you guys are coming back from the break, but then I, I, I just want to hear you talking about stuff." <laughs> that's fine, mom. That's fine. I'm, I'm turned into <laughs> that. That's me. Well no not not really not, though cuz I actually not yet. like the music that come back no I'm not there not yet, yet. <laughs> only with the kids yeah. we're not riding around Maybe with the windows down and the music blaring
2: JD has a radio show <laughs> he has music coming in from the break that might be you JD yeah. Yeah,
1: turn the music down oh, when good grief that'll, that'll be me uh, son do you love your mother <laughs> don't play so much of that riff raff as you come back okay son just talk about the issues anyways welcome back to the program um it's it's um it's sort of like an unplanned discussion. We're talking about maybe some things that have shifted in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what well, you've really kind of prompted this, this thought that I try to keep to myself. It's my I fault. Is a, I, I'm just taking out the insurance. Okay. Right. I'm just preemptively blaming you, sure. um, you know, when it comes back uh, through emails. So anyways, um, I think that what we have seen and I hope that what we've seen, and you've been making this point over and over again, is that we understand that uh, Titus two did not exclude fathers from having any primary role in the family.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't absolve them of any responsibility um, in in the rearing of children right. and the keeping of the home. Right. And for some reason, um, a part of our Christian culture has become that you know Titus two um, admonishes women to keep their home and almost to the exclusion of fathers. Mm. And this is something that has bothered me repeatedly because you know I'm, I'm going. What would family structures have looked like, you know, in the first century church? Hmm. Um, In fact, you you look at, as we're reading through the book of Acts, you look at the Apostle Paul on his journey as he's trying to make his way to Jerusalem. And um, I think he's in Miletus, I think is where he is. Um, and, And he's traveling through and he calls for the Ephesian elders, if I'm not mistaken. But the Bible says they're all out on a beach. And, you know, the people who were following him were families. So like, Families, including their children, all went out. They're all praying with him and they're, you know, saying their final goodbyes. And then, you know, he he moves on and then these families all go back to their homes. And so it just shows this total family involvement. And I'm not saying, again, that you then hold that up as a standard. Mm -hmm. But I think when we talk about the home and we talk about the family, we usually turn our attention toward the mom bearing the full weight of the keeping of the home. Mm. And the dad is only the administrator. Mm. Right. As if there was no other charge that the dad cannot also be keeping the home, mm-hmm. making sure that the home is kept and also keeping the home. And I just I don't know. I think that that is something that we've missed. And then, you know, the the, um, the opposite side of that same coin is that if a woman works outside of her home, she has somehow abdicated her role as the keeper of her home. Mm. And. Man, I got t I really don't like that kind of, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't like that polarizing view of it. Yeah. Right. I think that there are things that are heart issues that we have to deal with that don't just fall into the category of because I'm in my home, I keep it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because believe it or not, just being inside That's your home does it. not mean you keep it.
2: <laughs> right. Right.
1: And being outside of your home does not mean you don't keep it. True. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and I think what Christians do is we read a few books and we get people's takes on it. And again, these takes filter through sort of our American construct that, you no, know, the husband is supposed to go off and make the bacon, bring it back. And the wife who's been there all day fries it. Where what <laughs> biblical. Chronology do we have for that? Where do we see that? And again, of course, Christians have always been tasked with living faithfully in every culture in which we exist. Mm-hmm. We've, that's always been our task. So the same is true. Living in America, we have to find a way to make the Bible first and foremost in our lives. Yeah, and you know, so we we execute according to biblical conviction while living in the type of cultures that we live in. But I'll tell you, what I'm hoping is that after this, that there's not this, um, you know, let the door open so that dad can run out and get back to his real life. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> see you later, hon. You mm-hmm. know, I'm hoping that we don't return to that, at least, of course, within the body of Christ. I, I right. understand that largely there will be a return to that. Yeah. I, I understand that what's happening in many people's homes right now um, are, you know, exacerbated by dads being there <laughs> in close proximity to moms. It's I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like that that's so... I, I don't like that people, you know, have this perception of like, man, I couldn't work with my husband.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good
1: grief. Or I couldn't be around my husband all day. Oh, my goodness. I got to have my... like Or even... The same is true. I couldn't be around my kids all day.
5: Mm-hmm, I couldn't. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my goodness. I can't. I cannot. We have got to get the schools open. Like, we got to get back to normal because <laughs> right. I can't do it. I just I can't I can't tolerate my kids. We don't think about what we're saying when we say that and how inconsistent that sentiment is with the biblical mandate that we have to love our families. So. Right? So.
2: So how do you think we get from what you were just talking about in Titus 2? to some of the ideas that you're saying are kind of prevalent now? Like, how do, how do we get, what's, what's the translation? How do we get from there to here?
1: Well, I'm, I think that, man, I'm going to say this, and again, I, I'm not painting with a broad brush. I don't think that everyone's here. But um, I think that wives must return to needing their husbands in practice, um, not just in the role of like, oh, that's the leader, and then but just go over there. And and lead, I got all of this. I think that wives need to put themselves, um, and this is a challenge. This is a part of the fall that we rebel against that, right? So we are, women tend to be uh, independent, right? And, 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 you know, we're totally fine with Titus 2. I'm keeping the home. I'll tell you where I want you to be and all of these things, which, again, I think, Um, undermines the heart of that text right I have talked to women who have had this take on Titus 2 which is that really I run the house that's my job Mm. um Mm. (laughs) I think you misunderstand that and misapply it honestly and which again which is why you know, when you read the scriptures, you see that scriptures are dealing with our heart, not just our actions.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Scriptures are dealing with our motives and not just our actions because you can impress anybody with your actions.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You can impress anybody with what you do. But what God is concerned with is the attitude of your heart. So, so is your home in order um, from this perspective of, man, do I honor my husband and value the role that he plays? And it's not just to bring home a check, it's not just to call in for reinforcements. Right. And it's also not to treat as another one of the children.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yay. It's you know, I've had some conversations. No, where that, it's like I, you look, know, and you on like real, one of the children.
2: You're hitting on some real, you know, things. And I think it, it this time once again is the opportunity time to look and to evaluate before things get to quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. you know, how You know, how things look, I think, within our families. I think this is a a good time to look within our families and say, okay, this is this was good that happened over this time period. I want to keep this. How can Mm -hmm. I keep this? You know, this was bad. I I see now that this wasn't the best way. Okay, we need to move away from that into more of this. I think this is a perfect time, you know, not to waste this time uh, that we have.
1: So, you know, I think one of the things that practically speaking that wives could do during this time is to point out um, what what a great asset that their husbands have been mm-hmm. during this time to mm-hmm. show, to really to um, to make sure that their husbands know that they have observed everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To That him uh, integrated in the family in this way and in this capacity has been a blessing. And I think it takes humility, but even for wives to be able to say. Um, you know, I could not have gotten through this time without you being here and mm-hmm. mean it. I mean, mm-hmm. and and if you can't mean that, then that requires great prayer on your part, mm-hmm. because then you need to go back in humility. And because it's not you're not every woman. I mean, that's <laughs> the mantra of the culture. I'm right. every woman. It's all in me. Right. I can I can, you know, you know, it's you're not. I Man, yeah, that's that's so secular.
3: Yeah,
1: that's so secular. And it has. that you're good at God has set up the family in such a way to make to not only interconnect us but to make us interdependent to make us need each other in a way to show this beauty in the family right that Mm -hmm. without one part it doesn't work right without one part it doesn't work and again this is not a a call that you know um it's quitting time in America for dads no of of course not we live in a culture we live in a society where we have to work you know I mean and, and this is good um, I think Paul would have said to the Thessalonians, if you don't do that, then don't eat. Right. You know, so you no, know, we have to work. and no one's advocating. Right. You know, this is not AOC hour. All right? We're not, we're not talking yeah. about we want stronger families. So both of them unemployed and home. Like that's not what we're saying. Right. But what I am suggesting is that, man, you know, this is this is an ongoing process in our maturity and our walk with the Lord, where we're constantly saying, we're constantly reevaluating. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that we need to do differently in our family for the glory of God? There are yeah. some families yeah. right now who have waded into educating their kids at home. Yeah. Now there's another landmine. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but since I already put my toe on it, may as well go ahead and step on it. Um, this is another point of division within the body of Christ mm. where we have said, Oh, you must love your kids if you homeschool them. And <laughs> if you don't, Oh, then you don't. Shame on us. Shame on us that we have turned ourselves to uh, pit one family against another family. I'm talking in the body of Christ. Right. right? Right. And say, if you don't do it this way, then you don't love your kids. And I I was there was a post because I was I was talking about how we have to understand that uh, homeschooling is not salvific. Homeschooling does not automatically lead to salvation. I hope everybody understands that every time we talk about it. I'm not homeschooling my kids because I believe it's the first step in their salvation. No, I don't. I Look, I know what the Bible says about what is required for salvation. So we don't add steps to that, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, I would say, I don't think that government education should be automatic. That it should be like, that's just mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. I think that for every Christian, there must be prayer and dependence on the Lord. And I think that there are many believers who are waking up to the idea that, you know, I... I thought I couldn't do this, but I actually by God's grace I can do this. Our our family can actually swing this. There's a there's a moment right now where, you know, people's individual home economies
5: mm.
1: are changing. And so families are making some changes to reflect those changes that maybe you say, "You know what, if we if we continue in this way, we could do this." Yeah. Um and and this is not terribly uncomfortable. I right. mean, I I'm willing I'm willing to sacrifice this and do this for a little bit to right. make sure right. that I'm getting the gospel intact. If yeah. I feel like I'm not achieving that in in, in the other way, and I, you think, know what I, mean? I
2: I think that those are good things. Once again, to survey right now, like with all the chaos, with all the confusion and things that's going on, and, and the questions. This is also a great time of opportunity if we yeah. if we really look into and I'm speaking in terms of our, our families you know and what we're able to to, to accomplish I think if if men are, are 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 honest you're able to say like man I see some things I didn't see when yeah. I was going you know all the time or you know having to do is have having to do that there's some things that you see that you're like man it's so valuable that I make sure that even when things uh, get back. That I'm able to um, still have a, that presence to to yes. do you know those things that I feel like are valuable you know for the children for my wife and so I think this is a great great opportunity time man I, and I, I'm my prayer is that we just do not miss this you know as the, the talks of getting back to normal are ramping up and we should we should open up you know things but I uh, man I'm hoping that our homes would would uh, remain intact and and those changes that we've made that we will continue with those changes
1: man and i gotta tell you it's been it's been encouraging to me um it's been encouraging to me to hear that come from you Mm -hmm. um and and i say that because i think it's important for our listeners to know that we're not talking about something that does not first hit home right where you say okay i see some things that man i didn't see these things before you've said that to me we'll pick up here when we get back erin the addison's american family radio will also open the phone line so stay close
3: What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment.
0: Our world glamorizes luxury. Many people who live in luxury communities define their worth by the best that money can buy. Houses, cars, clothes, exclusive memberships, and more. These things become the definition of success and the basis of self-esteem. But the truth is, it's never enough. When we get to the end of our lives and look at what we have left, we'll find that keeping up with appearances leaves us empty, but serving the Lord is fulfilling. God deserves to be honored. You can honor Him with your words, how you treat other people, and how you spend your time and money. Live for the values that reflect Him.
3: New York Times best-selling author, Tony Dungy. More at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com.
0: Governors across the country are looking to open their states in hopes of allowing those who have lost their jobs and livelihood a chance to get back to work. AFR would like to tell the stories of working-class Americans who've had their businesses and lives impacted by the economic shutdown. We would also like to hear stories of those who've had their religious freedom limited due to the various orders across the country. Email us at mystory@afr.net. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people.
1: This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station
5: and here's what's happening in Israel.
0: Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2 here on American Family Radio. The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management.
5: My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt. And I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call.
0: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813.
5: When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed. And I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away.
0: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
5: What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt.
0: Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813.
3: I'm yeah.
1: Back to Aaron the Addison's on uh, American Family Radio. We appreciate mm-hmm. you listening. I'm Miki.
2: And I'm Will. And that's Turn Wells. Guys, not done with you.
1: What's your take on some of the things that we're talking about today? It's a Friday edition, a little bit of a lighter show. Although I think this content is pretty heavy. This is some of my... Um, <laughs> this really, really, truly, um, some of my privately mulled, um, selectively shared um, thoughts. Because I, I, I think that it's controversial to suggest that... Um, you know, that there has been a misapplication of, uh, of Titus 2. Hmm. And, and I understand people just hold on to things, but I, I think that this has led to our perception of women in our culture, um, that when, when we talk about our, our, our wives honoring their husbands, submitting to their own husbands, mm-hmm. we tried to make that um, sort of a, a cultural mandate that women are to be submissive to men point blank
2: Mm, in general.
1: (sighs) But again, (laughs) don't just take my word for it. Read the Bible. Just (laughs) read the Bible. The the Bible offers a clear distinction and a clear um, sort of line of command, if you will. And the relationship defines the way that, that, that function is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but again I'll save that maybe for my journal. All right. <laughs> um 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can comment on anything we're talking about today. We're talking about um the family structure and how the family has has changed in, you know, I guess during COVID-19 sheltering in place mandates all across this country, Mm -hmm. but that there are some things that, you know, will the great and I hope don't go back to normal Um, that, that fathers are actively involved in their families and seeing Mm -hmm. their roles as more than just, Oh, I'm the leader. You know, I go off, I do this and, and, you know, she's the keeper of the home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man, that gets, that gets under my skin. I, I, you know, you have, to, you have to read the Bible in context,
3: yeah, and yeah. you have
1: to understand, uh, when we talk about um, Paul's epistles, You know, understanding that he is responding, in many instances, to something that is ailing the church or the community to, to whom he's writing. In this mm. particular case, he's writing to Titus, who's been installed as the leader of the church in Crete. And he's saying, I left you in Crete to get some things in order. But if you read the beginning of Titus, um, you see that Paul sets up describing the Cretans, which, hello, if you've ever called someone that, (laughs) that's where we get it. You Cretan.
2: Man, that was horrible.
1: That's where we get it. These people were defined and characterized as lazy as sluggers. Just I mean, and, mm. and so for the body of Christ to have fallen into this, Paul was saying, No, Titus, right? You can't have this. Right. The women can't be drunkards out there gallivanting about. No, they gotta set an example. The older women need to be teaching the younger women, teaching them how to love their husbands, love their children, be keepers of their homes. It didn't mean go home and don't work a job. That's not what it meant. you got to get the context of it. And when you read the context, if you read the entire letter that Paul wrote to Titus, you can see that Paul was instructing Titus to put some things in order. Mm -hmm. And it it, it wasn't a statement on, you know, necessarily um, how we're now to operate in America. Right. Remember that this has got to be something that applies to Christians all around the world. Right. So that means that for Christians who are working in rice fields in China Mm. or who are working out in fields in the Philippines, these the the command is not those women need to go home. No, it is an attitude of the heart and it is making sure that the gospel is not maligned, making sure that the name of God is not blasphemed among us because we live in such a way that we look just like the negative aspect of the culture that we're planted in. Mm. We're in the midst of a culture. Christians are in the midst of a culture. That rails against the authority of God. That's it, point blank. That's that's what. And so we always are fighting to maintain our distinction. And so when Paul is writing to Titus, he's saying, "Hey, look, Titus, for this reason, I left you in Crete that you could put some things in order." Okay. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now because the people in your church are behaving just like the people that are not in your church. <laughs> they're acting just like lazy Cretans. Their own poets say that they're like this, and guess what? It's true. <laughs> And because people always want to make the the Bible is so nice. The Bible is, you know what Paul nicely says? That those people act just like what some of their poets have written about them. That they're lazy (laughs) liars, man. Man. Because we don't like stereotypes. We don't. But, um, you know, maybe some of them (laughs) have just, you know, just a little bit of root. In fact, yeah. Anyways, one other thing we find ourselves often trying to get to this place where life is easy, okay? That's actually not the promise for the believer, right? Now, in America, now, no knock, please hear me well. In America, we found a way to get to a sort of um, blessed rest before the blessed rest. Mm -hmm. So we say we retire. In other words, I'm done with all my labor and toil, that's it, you know, and and I understand this is this is what we do. We save up to be able to do this. But my encouragement is that for the Christian, we never retire.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You may change what you're doing. Right. You know, you may have worked on a particular job where you say, you know what, I'm done doing that. But you're never done. And in fact, this was the same dilemma that the Apostle Paul had in his letter to the Philippians in, in uh, Philippians, chapter one, verse 23. He says, for I'm hard pressed between the two. Uh, he says, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, Christ, which is far better. And then he says, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. In other words, he's got all these, these struggles and these toils. And man, I'd love to have rest from this. I'd love to be with the Lord. But, but you need me here. <laughs> and I think that needs to be sort of the tug on every Christian's heart. Man, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to just have rest. But there's work for us to do. And so even in applying that to our families, there's work for us to do. You're never getting to the place where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm done with that. I'll say this and then I'll go to the phone lines. I think there is a job for grandparents. Oh, yeah. in helping with this generation Amen. of children yes. who don't have a proper understanding of yes. the gospel. Yes, I, there is a role for godly grandparents. And, you know, I am so concerned that our culture has produced this well i'm done with mine mm. and i'm glad i got through that i just <laughs> take them give them ice cream and send them back home man give them more than that before you come send on. them back
2: come on come give come them on.
1: more than that i mean the ice cream's fine we know <laughs> you, i mean i want you to show up for that give them that you know but can you also give them a godly deposit and send mm. them back home can you that's also good. there's you're not retired from that's that right. that's right you're still a living epistle to be read of men.
2: Yeah, we got to change the way we think about these things, man. Like we need to enter, what is it, transgenerational, intergenerational, yes. whatever it's yes. called, you know, affect, you know, on, on our kids, on our lives. Like it has to be all woven together.
1: I agree. Yes. I agree. All right. Let's let's take some calls, um, get people's takes on what you have said uh, so far in all the right. program. 888-589-8840. Where do we go first?
2: Let's go to Sharon in Texas. Hi, Sharon.
4: Hi, how are you? Doing fine. Hello. I am so stirred up right now because I've been a teacher for preschool for over fifty years. Hmm. I am sick and tired of these lazy Christians. Let me tell you something. God is gonna hold us accountable for everything He has given us, especially our children. Hmm. That we should be training up in the way they shall go. We do have a mandate, my brother. We do have a mandate, my sister. Like he has given us example in Proverbs of the Proverbs 31 woman. Everybody had their place in my parents in my parents' uh, uh, time. Everybody knew their place. And now the devil has confused us. We go into Hollywood. We go into this one and that one instead of looking in the, the Word of God. Mm. Mm. God will hold us accountable. Mm. This is very serious. And mm. as far as abortion is concerned. The devil emulates God. God has an altar, so this is his bloody altar. Mm. These are his sacrifices, and this thing has been going on since 1973. We better start getting serious because the blood of these children is going to be required on our hands, not Mm. the people, not the children of disobedience, the children of the Lord, the children, his children that are called by his name. We better start getting serious about this thing and start praying to take these altars down because enough is enough already. Amen. Mm, Sharon, thank you so
1: much. Amen. I can man, I can hear that she's fired up in her voice. I, yeah. I I'll say this, Sharon is right. You know, look, um but I would I would go back prior to 1973 in this yeah. country. Yeah. Um if if you if you look at the history of abortion in this country, um 1973 was a turning point because our nation recognized the murder of babies um and and called it legal when it was not, never was, mm-hmm. never will be.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But prior to um Roe uh, our nation was still murdering babies. And and in fact, we had um, sort of a, a river's flow, if you will, of women flooding into New York state in particular um, to murder their babies. And, um, and and, you know, so we've we've been at this. Let me say at this as a as a Christian founded nation, um, Judeo Christian founded nation for a very long time. Yeah, so, you right. um yeah. And God has not overlooked that not to your point, Sharon. Not at all. All right. Where do we go next? will agree.
2: Let's go to Shonda in Texas. Hi, Shonda.
5: Hey, you guys. I'm so glad, Miki, to hear you talking about this topic um, today. And I just want to give you some encouragement. I'm grateful for you. You speak into my life every day when I listen to you. And I'm just really grateful for you. But um, I just was thinking about, you know, when you were talking about the women's roles and stuff and, you know, what, how about the enemy using this against women and what their role should be to have dis- dissatisfaction in their homes
3: mm-hmm. and so that
5: they would be stirred up and turned against their husbands and yeah. go finding work for themselves? You know, nothing wrong against working outside the home. I work outside the home. But, you know, every. Every husband and wife works that differently and it's between mm-hmm. them on what they should do, you mm-hmm. know, and between them and God, you know, Amen. to provide for their family. And everybody has their roles and everybody has that's you right. know what they should do, mm-hmm. you know. So just thank you and I praise you and I praise Miss Sharon just a while ago. That was kinda hard to follow her. <laughs> <laughs> well no, no she was fired
1: up, wasn't she though? No, thank Shonda, thank you, thank you Shonda. so much. I appreciate your comments and, and your insight. And I think that's so important for us to just double back to and we'll move quickly to the next call, but I, I Want to just um, highlight what Shauna just said because that's an important po- uh, point to make. The Lord is wise and He puts families together, right? He knits husbands and wives together. Um, he, I, I believe that he designs those specific families Mm -hmm. to accomplish what he has for them to accomplish. And in that there, there should be a great comfort that we're not all doing the same thing because the Lord has set the body up to function and to win and not everybody be a hand.
2: Yeah, that's right. Not every, so
1: families, I believe play a unique role in advancing the kingdom of God by the way that we're set up. There are some families, have you noticed that there's some families that excel in the area of um, uh, the sciences? Mm -hmm. Have you noticed there are some families that are more, they're they're architects, they're um, they're contractors, they they just are good with their hands, and it Mm -hmm. seems to like run in their family. Have Mm -hmm. you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be something that's strange to us as Christians. That that family is doing what it is that God has entrusted them to do with the Mm -hmm. gifts he's given them. Instead of saying, well, you need to do this like this.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. The Bible is the one or the the Bible is the set of instructions that we look to that says you should do. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we go back to the straight edge, we're going back to the word of God, not someone's opinion about how our family should be structured. Amen. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next?
2: Let's go to Lisa in Arkansas. Hi, Lisa.
3: Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing good. Hi. I I just. I know you're strapped for time, so I just have to thank you for all that y'all do and the boldness that you speak and the challenging and the sharing in Texas because I feel like that's been lacking in the church. It seems to be very me-focused and self-help, and I just am challenged. I could cry right now because I love mm. the boldness that you speak truth. And uh, I, similar to what you were saying, I called initially. We live where a giant retailer is located here in Arkansas, and there's a big trend on diversity to pull women out of the house and, and raise them up, you know, based solely on their gender. And it leaves a lot of men at home trying to figure out who they are and mm. what to do, but they have a role, even if it's non traditional. I just think there's a big opportunity for those men to, um, to really lead in a, in a different way, but, mm. but emotionally and maybe, um, it, uh, they have a hard time sometimes because our society does measure their worth based mm. on, Production and um, title and status. So, so uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that and thank y'all so much for the boldness and the and the and oh, I just. It's awesome. Thank you. God Stay bless calm. you, Lisa. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. You know, well, I know we've only got about a minute left, but I wanted to get your take on that just uh, to wrap up that pressure that's yeah. often on the shoulders of, of the men yeah. in this country.
2: Yeah, and that's very real. You know, and I think it's something I think it's a feature of americanism not you know and i know we don't have time to get into that but i think sometimes there are labels and titles that one of the first things you ask a man so what do you do you know mm-hmm. and that kind of mm-hmm. defines that can define a man if, if you're not careful rather than being defined in christ and who he made you and all of that and so i think that's very real pressures but man mm-hmm. we have to submit to to being in christ
1: amen amen and there's a there are a lot um A lot more places we could go with this. Mm -hmm. Another time, as the Lord wills, until Monday, Lord willing.
2: God bless.